Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 67 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. I've got a great guest for us today, Carrie Rome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much. I am so happy to be here. I am so happy to have you, and I think we're going to have a lot of fun. So guys, Carrie Rome is a self-declared recovering CPA <laughs> who can somehow manage both left and right brain activities. So already we know we've got like an unusual one on our hands. Um, admittedly, right brain activities are where he thrives. So how you ended up as a CPA, love to know. Um, constant admirer of smart ideas and an avid or maybe addicted podcast and audiobook listener, but that is for a reason. It wasn't until Audible and Podcasts that Carrie discovered he was an auditory learner. And for years, he struggled with reading comprehension. And ever since this discovery, it's a whole new world that's opened up for him. He's married. He's got three daughters, so he's right in the thick of it. And other than work, he likes late time and traveling. So we now know a lot about you, but really nothing yeah. about you. Um, <laughs> So tell me something, tell me a little bit more like CPA and now what are you actually doing with your time? Yeah. So CPA, I can go there first. Um, when I was in high school, I had a, uh, a, a senior year in high school, high school, I believe. Um, I had a teacher say, you know what? Start to think about what you want to do with a career. And then I want you to go and interview somebody in that career. And so I went and interviewed a friend's father who was a successful business person. And I knew at that moment I wanted to own my own business. It, it was just, I knew, I knew that was going to be, I didn't know what the business was going to be. Now my father is a dentist. And so for him, that's weird. How, how do you know that you want to do something, but you don't know what it is? And I said, I don't know. I'll know it when I see it. And he says, by the way, uh, I'm from Louisiana originally. I was going to add the accent's awesome. I love it. Yeah, I'm in Birmingham and from, so I've, uh, from Louisiana. So I've got like a, a, uh, a, a, a Cajun redneck accent. <laughs> or something like that. Anyway. I love, I love all accents. Doesn't even matter for me. Yeah. So, so uh, my father says, he says, okay, Carrie, why don't you go talk to your Uncle Raul? True name, Uncle Raul. Well, Uncle Raul owned his own successful business. I go to see Uncle Raul. He says, what you want to do when you grow up? And I said, well, I want to own my own business. And he said, well, I think you need to major in accounting. Oh, my gosh. I hung smart. my head. Smart. I hung my smart. head. It's smart. It is smart. It's great advice. It was probably some of the more painful advice that I'd received because I hated accounting. Right. Hated bad, bad advice for you, possibly like with your personality or, or brain processing. But you know, so many people, when someone says to them, like, I want to own my own business, they're like, great, go chase your dreams, go learn entrepreneurship. Yeah. And really, if you want to be successful in your own business, you got to know the numbers, which are the backbone. That's so, I like that. That's You great. know, he, that's exactly what he said. He said, the reason why, and he gave me the reason why, otherwise I probably wouldn't have followed his advice. He said, it doesn't matter if you're doing really well or you're doing really poorly. If you have to have someone tell you, 
your business is at risk. Ooh. That's pretty good. That's a good line. Like That's if you yourself can't forget, and I talk about this all the time, I talk about the cookie jar business, you know, because yeah. I, I deal with micro businesses. So I talk about, you know, money comes in, you put it in the cookie jar, you need something, you take money out of the cookie jar. And as long yeah. as there's something on the bottom, you're doing well. Yeah. Not necessarily. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. And I've worked with so many people, particularly if you have a sales mentality, you think revenue is income. Yeah. And it's not. It's not you. You can sell a lot and not make any mud, make any margin. Totally. And, and you, you're on a hamster wheel. Yeah. Um, so fast forward, get into accounting. Uh, ended up working at the largest CPA firm and advisory firm in the world at the time, Arthur Anderson. Um, had a great run this, there. This is a couple of years ago. Just a, just a couple. I know. Can you? I just <laughs> dated myself. Uh, so. Uh, was there again? I don't. I'm not a debit and credit person. I have to have um, something, uh, you know, bigger that I'm I'm looking towards. And so, for me, the first two weeks of a new client was awesome because I could go learn the business. And as it turns out, I've got a. I can. I my ramp up time for learning about a business is very, very short. I've sort of got that business acumen. It's kind of just a, a thing that I have. So I loved that. And I loved that sort of, I, you know, jumped into that advisory piece and then just had to do the audit work. Um, but as I, as I was going through that, it gave me exposure to a bunch of different businesses, which was really cool. And um, yeah, back in, back in 2005, I started, uh, my company and and was not did not do any accounting uh, but I was going to um, I, I wanted to work with executives to help them solve business problems okay um, and in 2005 I'm saying there weren't a whole lot of independent consultants floating around like we have today where like every other person is an independent consultant so yeah. well, how, you did know, you, how did you get that out there uh, well, yeah, you know, so there, there was a company um, called Health South in 2002, I think, 2002 or three, um, had this huge fraud scandal. And um, they had a firm out of Atlanta that got plugged in, ended up having 300 consultants out helping turn around Health South. Uh, for three years. And I said, wow, that looks like a pretty good revenue model. I want to go do that. Uh, so I, I just did it. I, I, I started with myself. Actually, <laughs> you'll love this. Um, I had somebody that was going to do it with me and she decided last minute that, you know, she didn't want to, she didn't want to do it. And so, okay, I'm just going to do it myself. And if if you have attorney friends, sometimes it's probably changed now, but sometimes attorneys will have a really, really nice office that where their clients come in and then they have what's called a work closet. And, and that's where they go and kind of have paper everywhere. Well, I rented a friend's work closet, <laughs> which is about the size of a small bathroom. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm in there and, and, you know, this is sort of the first day I'm, I'm an entrepreneur and I go by Starbucks. And I, I really wasn't overly familiar with the, the building he was in. I, 
come in and parked as a visitor, not as someone who was actually employed, you know, going to have an office space there, which you park in a different spot. So anyway, I decided I'm going to get a Starbucks to celebrate my, my uh, launching of my business. I'm walking up the steps because I couldn't find the, the elevator and I'm walking up the steps and I trip and I spill coffee all over the place. Oh my gosh. You know what I did? Uh, I said, no idea. <laughs> I said, I am not starting my first day like this. I walked back down, got in my car, went back to Starbucks, got oh, another wow. cup of coffee, walked past my mess, which is probably symbolic, um, <laughs> and, and just started. But when I sat down, when I sat down and it, it was a computer and an empty sh sheet of paper, I got this burning sensation in my gut. Oh my gosh, it's all on me. It's all on me. Um, yeah, that was, that was 05. That is intense, but I actually love that. And I think that, that that's such a great point. Like for all of everyone listening guys, you know, sometimes something happens, right? And, and it could set off a whole chain of events and you could just undo it. You could just go back and say, no, I'm not buying into this. I'm not that's going right. through this. I'm going to walk around it. I'm going to go and just redo. Let, let's, yeah. you know, I always say, I wish there was like a control Z on life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Could I, could I just undo that? that just, like, just control Z, whatever just happened. You know, but sometimes you can, you just, you just undo it. Yeah. Just go back, I, pretend to not do it again. You're right. You, you brought up such a great point. Things are, you're going to get curveballs. I don't, it doesn't matter what business plan, whether it was something that was really detailed or on the back of a napkin, it will go wrong. And I think what happens often uh, is that when things start to go wrong, people default to their technical ability. And, and, and so not that I, I, I love accounting, but I could find myself spending time. I don't make money doing accounting. Find a way to outsource that. You make money selling what you say you're going to do, delivering on your promise. Um, yeah, so... I love that. Okay, so so you sit there, you're in front of a blank sheet of paper mm -hmm. and a blank screen. Mm -hmm. And and I think that a lot of people can relate to this. Like I know personally yeah. also, like I had to start my company three different times. Yeah. Um, and each time, like, yeah, there was a certain amount of, okay, I'm sitting in front of most Here of nothing, you know? Yeah. What'd you do? What'd you do first? What'd you do? Mm. Uh, I did what I do not recommend others do. I bought everyone I know that would go i bought him lunch or coffee and i just i i networked i did this sort of soft i'm not selling you anything but uh yeah don't do that don't don't do have a phone call start to, start to uh, you know i probably i would say that i i i launched with a vision but not really the tactics that were going to get me there okay. and i sort of stumbled through the tactics um yeah, early on, I, I would say, you know, I, I did. I just sort of stumbled through it. I found my way. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sort of natural networker, and that's, and that's what you tried to start doing, just not maybe in the most ideal way. How would you get right. your first client? How'd that first one come in? I did the work. I did the work myself, which was not my business model. My business model was to go architect a solution to a problem, then bring in a SWAT team to solve the problem. Then I go on and do the next one and I architect that team 
and then I bring in a SWAT team. And so I'm spinning up all these teams of people solving problems, right? That's, but, that's pretty much consulting in a nutshell, right, yeah. Right. So, but I had to go and do the first one. And so, the but how did you sell the first one? Like, I wanted a lot of people before you start, like, once you get that first client, I feel like you kind of open the gates. Yeah. You know, um, and I know for me, my first client was just a referral. Like, I first got the client, then I built the business. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you sat down, you said, okay, here, I got business. And a lot of people do that, right? They go, yeah, they put up their shingle and they're like, I'm here. And now right. the shingle is a website. And they're like, I'm here. And I actually had someone call me. She's like, Esty, like, you know, I put up a website and I don't know, the phone didn't ring. I'm like, yeah, why is no one calling? What, what, what do you think happens? You put it up and people just start finding you. She's like, yeah. I'm like, uh-uh. No, no, no. But no, <laughs> that's no. how it works. Oh, so how gosh. did you get that first person? Well, yeah. So this is pretty funny. So I worked at, uh, I worked with, uh, worked out with an attorney who had uh, somehow invested in a company. And it was, you know how, when you walk into uh, a Walmart and there's, uh, there's the security officer, that's not a policeman, but um, he's just security to like, just, just security. Just like yeah. I have a uniform. That's about it. And probably okay. a walkie talkie. Uh, he had, he had walked into some sort of ownership in this business and he wanted me to go do some due diligence. And, and he found out what I was doing. He said, Hey, would you go help me with, with this? I'm mean, at that point I would have done, I would have changed his tire. I would have done anything. Was that, I'm confused. The lawyer was the one who asked you or the security guard. I, I got lost. No, the sorry. The lawyer. Yeah. The lawyer who I knew. Yeah. You had a gym buddy who's a lawyer. Yeah. Who said, Hey, I've, I am, um, I have found my way as as an investor, meaning he probably didn't mean to, but somehow he he ended up buying into a business. He ended up buying into a business. I need you to go do a little due diligence for me. Gotcha. Okay, yeah. but where's the security guard come from? That's, That's the business. That was the business. Oh, the business was a business of sending out those kinds of security guards who are not policemen who just kind of man the door, look official, usually kind of big guys. Yeah, it's basically a temp firm that sends out people in uniforms to go look like a security now guard. I am, okay. That, I think that's where I got lost. Yeah. Sorry. Got it. No, that's All fine. I got, I'm good now. And hmm. that was the company. He danced the way in. He said, go do due diligence, check it out. Like, and I love this. People are like, cause they go backwards. Like I bought into this company. Tell me if it was a good idea or not. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think necessarily he bought in. I think someone owed him money and he kind of got it. I hear. Yeah. Either it, way, it, either it, way. Instead of the cash. All right. That either was way. My first gig. Completely not my, you know, not even remotely close to my target customer, but it was a, it was, it was the first thing. Right. right. Um, okay. I like that. So then what was the second thing? The second thing I believe. So along the way I'd worked with another CPA and CPA called me and he said, Hey, Carrie, um, I'm part of a, it's a local CPA firm. He said, I'm part of a member firm and our member firm has a, a, a firm up in Rockville, Maryland. And um, they, they're proposed on some work with PricewaterhouseCoopers. Anyway, it turned out being this launch into working with the federal government. And um, I, you know, they needed a team of, 100 this I'm, I'm fast forwarding a little bit mm -hmm. um got to know them uh got to know pwc relationship they needed a team of 100 and they had 
really, really big firms and I put 13 people on the project <clears throat> out of a hundred. And so now I've got a cash flow problem because I have to, I have to payroll people until 13 people starting all at once traveling every week, which gets expensive. Um, and then I, I had to float that for sort of 65, 70 days until I got paid. Oh my gosh. See, this yeah. is big business consulting. And I try to explain this to people a lot because um, I, I told you my specialty is micro business consulting yeah. um, and it's completely different, right? Like put together a team of 13 people, right? Like yeah. a small business could never, they couldn't even afford two or three, you know? And it's just, it's a completely different entity. But well, well, let me, let me, let me challenge that. I was, I was micro. You were was, micro, but the company you were serving wasn't. You're the micro. Yes, yes, yes. And that's yes. why you got stuck because you jumped into the big game. Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. So what did you, because that kills a lot of people when they make those quick jumps. Like I always say, you can climb up any ladder you want, just not necessarily seven steps at a time. Yeah, well, I like, I like seven steps, but I had prepared for it. So I raised about $300,000. I put 100000 in and the rest was friends and family. And um, I, I will say that I was uh, drawn up on my line of credit, um, the classic sort of, you know, uh, it was under $1,000. I had no line of credit left. Wow. Payroll, payroll was due, and I got a $100,000 check on a Tuesday. <laughs> wow. Yes. yes. And then, yeah. So I just went from there. I love yeah. it. Yeah. So, so what's the specialty, right? Because again, in the general consulting world, putting together teams, solving problems, yeah. Yeah. what's what's your specialty that you bring to the table in all these engagements? Yeah. So I'll, I'll start out with I was chasing any problem, and I was right. I was always going uh, along the way. I said I'm really tired of working on on problems. Uh, I want to start working on opportunities. I want to start working on where of the vision of where a company is going, hence the caged vision podcast. Right. Um, and so uh, we've along the way, we've also developed some software, but I'm working with CEOs of middle market growth companies and I'm helping them get what is oftentimes a, a, a vision for where they want to go, get it out of their head into a plan and then work with their team to execute. And then we also, use that same, uh, we, we help bring the strategic resources to help get it done faster. That's the space. Nice. I like that. Yeah. So what would be like an example of the journey? Like, can you give me like a, a not necessarily a case study, but kind of like that, like someone comes and then they do this and then you do this and then this yeah. cool thing happens from it. Like, what does it look like? Okay. Yeah. So an example of a current day, um, journey is I work with either the CEO or some C-level and they've got something that is, they have a strategy PowerPoint that's basically, uh, it's real heady. It's very over intellectualized. Can you give me like a real example? Like without giving, let's say any client names for privacy and stuff, like give yeah. me like an industry and tell me like, what yeah. was their big strategy? Like, like 
I like when things are super practical because I find okay. that it makes it so much more relatable and people can absorb it, can, can use it. So like right, this was the it. company, this was the industry and they were trying to stand on a mountain. And then I told them you should first stand on a hill. And then I showed them how to climb and got them shoes, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, let me give you one that is a, um, a, comp a manufacturing company. Okay. What do they make? Um, they make things for roofs. Okay. Like roof tiles? More, or, more of like or more shingles. Of what, or... More of what supports the roof tiles. Okay. Like yeah. the stuff that goes under it so they don't slide off. For big corporate, not a, not a, not a, um, if, if a gate, if I told you what it is, it'd sort of lead to the, who the company is, which is why I'm being. Okay. Fair enough. It's like one of these like very technical manufacturing, not the kind of thing an everyday person would ever buy, very much more like in the no, construction B2B space. If you're in the commercial building space, you know, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so commercial building space, yep, yep. big B2B, B B, got it. Yep. So uh, they, they need to increase, um, and I'm going to get a little geeky here on the accounting piece, but they would need to increase their margin, profit margin, without okay. increasing their sales price. And so- Nice, okay. Can we just, I wanna translate for the audience. Yeah, for yeah. me, totally. I, I'm total number and techie. Mm -hmm. um, I was a CIO for six and a half years. So oh, like, yeah. I breed numbers, I love them. Yeah. Um, so guys, just for what you understand, right? So we've got gross revenue. That's the total amount of money that comes in. Then you've got gross profit. That's what comes in after your cost of goods sold. Then you've got net profit. That's money you actually get to keep in your pocket, right? Yeah. So let's say the whole thing. Um, so you're talking about the top piece of the margin, just the COGS margin? What? Yes, yes. I'm, right. Yes. So that top piece, right? So guys, between the gross revenue and the gross profit, right? They want to make that fatter, that they're earning more in that top part. It's costing them less and they're earning more without having to raise prices, which is a fun challenge. Like if we're not going to sell it for more, then we have to do something, get it for cheaper, streamline something yeah. to be earning more money on it without charging the customers more. Okay, cool. Now go. Yeah, I just like exactly. to translate sometimes. Thank you for translating. Yeah, and the reason for that is, you know, you just said it. it we, everybody would just increase their prices. But at some point, the market says, no, I'm not. I'm totally. Not, you, you hit yeah. that ceiling of like, yeah. you know, you've lost people or like I teach my clients, you know, if you're going to raise your prices at a, you have a very small window before you have to totally shift the brand, change what you're offering. Like everything has to shift. You can't move one thing without moving a whole lot of things. And in certain industries, there are ceilings and that's it. Like you just, you can't. Exactly. So in this particular instance, I unpack what the CFO wants based on what he needs to deliver based on what the CEO wants. As I start working with their team, uh, I, I understand that there's six manufacturing facilities and they're running a 20 to 40% overtime rate. Ooh. There's, that's low-hanging fruit, right? Yeah, you're that's eating, an easy one. Oh, you just, eating, oh, we have to translate again, guys. So yeah. 20 to 40% overtime rate means that the overtime rate means they're paying people more on those hours. So there must I'm be understaffed yeah. or yeah, they're, they're either understaffed or they're just not working efficiently or something's going on, but there's a whole lot of extra money being spent there. That's just like, well, if I just hire more people or I make them more efficient, boom, that cost of labor is like way down. That's right. That's right. And so you've got, you've got a challenge of um, six different operating plants that each have a plant plant general manager that's in charge of their own, like it's sort of like their own company, right? 
Totally. And were the yeah. rates consistent across all facilities or was there one or two facilities that were kind of ruining the curve yeah, for everybody? There, there were there were a few that were peaked and I'll get in. There's some complexities around that. Yeah. But in the end, as we started to unpack this, we said, OK, in order to achieve the goal that we want, we need wouldn't it wouldn't it be better to get and you're going to love this from a, as, as a recovering CIO. Wouldn't it be good if we looked at the data that we have and see if we can put that in the hands of the salespeople to look at scheduling to determine whether or not we're selling into an already packed schedule? Interesting. And if we do that, there may be times where we have we are operating under capacity and therefore it might make sense to discount the product. But if we're over capacity and we're already spending 20, 40%, don't sell something at a discount because then you're killing margin even worse. So if we can take that information that we have, move that to the front, train the sales team, we can really start to move the needle on this margin thing. I like that a lot. And I actually yeah. was just speaking to a client this week. It's a micro business, small business. They're not so micro. They got, they've got like 40 key employees and then another um, couple hundred contractors. They're kind of midsize. Um, and, uh, but from when they started, their sales team was siloed. When I teach micro businesses, I teach them to integrate their sales um, yeah. from the beginning. Um, yeah. But their, mark, their main marketing guy was a corporate guy. And so he came in and he immediately siloed marketing, sales, HR, everything went siloed. And, and this is exactly the kind of thing that happens, right? So guys, yeah. siloed meaning like an independent. So the sales team is not communicating with manufacturing, who's not necessarily communicating with marketing. And so they might be driving a ton of sales that are even discounted when people are being paid overtime and boom, everything's, all the money's getting eaten. <laughs> yeah, Esty, when I, when I started talking to the director of IT and I said, hey, um, I, I said, show me the entire process overall. And then I want you to map where the data is. Where do we, where do we have information? Mm -hmm. And, and he's there, he said, why would we want to give the salespeople this information? Couldn't fathom it. Ah, oh, I can't stand it. It's but so, it, but, because that was, <laughs> but that's not his job. His job was to make sure the IT infrastructure was up and running. I know, but it's almost like in these companies, like it's almost like departments compete with each other, but they're supposed to be like, it, it's like their hands that are like, you know, digging nails into the other hand. It's like, I'm sorry, do you guys realize you're part of one body? Like you're supposed to be working together here, not like try to kill each other. Yeah. So much of it is, 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 um, solving for the problem you created. Yeah. And, and it's in silo, but you know, if, if for a micro business, it's not any different, it's just smaller. It's smaller and it depends on the business owner, right? So some business owner, everybody has some superpower, you know, and some sub superpowers and then some like, you know, kryptonite, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and, and the best thing is obviously leverage your powers, you know, and, and kind of sub, not substitute, supplement, yeah. right? Um, and what will happen though is, is they'll get contractors or other independent professionals who don't communicate with each other. Mm -hmm. and don't necessarily and the business owner may not be able to kind of absorb all of it. And so like, it's one of the reasons we actually built our company. We're full service creative consultancy for micro businesses. Mm -hmm. So you'll get the finance guy tells you that you have to spend, like you can't spend more than X. You get the marketing guy who says you have to spend X plus 10 and you get, you know, the operations person who says, well, you know, we can't work with any of this, you know, so we need a yeah. whole different set of, and, and no one's, no one's overseeing the whole thing. Um, and as the companies get bigger, it only gets, worse. But I love that you went after the sales schedule because most people will just say, okay, you know, we got the overtime. Let's minimize that. Let's get production going more steadily. I love that you went because 
business really is one body. All the pieces yeah, yeah. really make a difference. That's such a cool idea. So wait, then what happened? I'm like, on the ed- I'm such a geek. I'm on the edge of my seat. I'm like, then what happens? Then what happens? This is my bedtime um, Yeah, then what happens is I move into the other, we're in the process of getting that information in the hands of the salespeople. And then I'm moving into the IT department and figuring out what we can do to shore up that component of the business. But everything you just said about the disconnected nature, that's the problem we solve. I love that. And we use the system we've developed and the software we've created and a client portal and we eliminate all of that. Now, I will say it is not, you don't snap your fingers and, and it happens. It's a discipline that you commit to. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to part one of this episode. Stay tuned for part two going live Thursday. And of course, subscribe. You do not want to miss this. You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?